0: Lord, may the lips, the words of my lips, and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in Your sight, O Lord. Amen. The scriptures we just heard—it's—it's it's really, really all we need to sit with those words and scriptures today and in the in the days before Easter. Um, so I just have a few thoughts that I'd like us to maybe reflect on and consider. To begin with, what could possibly be good about this Friday? When we look at the excruciating pain and suffering that Jesus, the Son of God, surrendered to Jesus' torture and humiliation and death on the cross, it's really difficult to imagine what is good about it. The Gospel of John allows us to walk with Jesus in his passion on this day. And it's difficult to grasp how the Son of God could surrender and experience such suffering. I have trouble with that. But there are three words I believe give us some insight into the goodness of this scandalous, horrifying day. In our scripture reading in Hebrews chapter 10 today, we read, And by that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Just three words, but those three words appear seven times in the New Testament, five of which are in the book of Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews to the Hebrews. In relationship to Jesus' death, on the Cross and Resurrection. We can't read all of those scriptures today, but I would encourage you to seek those out and read them and meditate on them between now and Easter Sunday. The phrase, once for all, is important. It comes from the Greek word hepox and forgive me if I'm not pronouncing it correctly, ephipox, which means a single occurrence to the exclusion of any other similar occurrence—once for all, once, and never again. Let's look at these three simple words and reflect on the meaning of each one. Paul's letter to the Hebrew challenges Jesus' followers to remain faithful to him as the one who is the ultimate revelation of God's love and mercy and that his suffering and death on the cross settled the ultimate requirement for forgiveness for our sin once for all. There was no need for any ongoing sacrifices. Christ's death on the cross happened once in history and will never happen again. Yet it affects the past, the present, and the future. Like the Hebrews, we must be reminded today as well. That Jesus' perfect sacrifice once is all we need. We can't add to it. We can't keep trying to be good to cover up our sin, to blot it out. And we can't please God through our own efforts. But Jesus's one-time sacrifice for all eternity is all we need to be free from sin. Once. Jesus' sacrifice was only required once by the Father because it was a perfect sacrifice. And in striking contrast with the priest sacrifices in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle and in the temple in Jerusalem. Hebrews 7.26-27 tells us, For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, And exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself." The Israelites had a raw, visceral understanding of what Peter uh, Paul was talking about when he describes the ongoing sacrifices that the priest made for the people's sin before Jesus' sacrifice. Hebrews 9 goes into great detail, and if we look at the Old Testament in Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, we read of the brutal and bloody sacrifices of goats and bulls and calves that were offered repeatedly for sins. Sabbath offerings, monthly offerings, Passover, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles, Daily Offerings. When you see the work of the priests and the Levites, it was hard work. And it was really brutal and bloody. I don't know about you, but when I read through the Old Testament, I have a hard time reading that. Even then, it was only the priest once a year who could enter into the Holy of Holies the tabernacle, the dwelling place of the Most High. So when the Jewish people heard Paul say that Jesus' sacrifice was once for all, it was disturbing and disruptive. Ongoing sacrifices were central to the Jewish culture and to the Jewish community. And they'd been doing it according to God's command through Moses for centuries. But— they were only meant to be a foreshadow of the one who would give the perfect sacrifice once for all. I believe perhaps part of the underlying motivation that caused the priest to yell, crucify him, was they feared they would soon lose their jobs and their position. Four, Who? For who? For what? For why? For the sanctification of God's creation, to set apart and make holy His people who were captive and lost to sin, cut off from God's presence because of our disobedience, to make us holy as He is holy. For the restoration of our relationship with the Father to restore God's perfect design for his creation, and the restoration of relationship with one another. For the deep love of the Father to be revealed to the depth and extent God would go to save and restore his creation, so that we might become the children of God. And for the joy. Hebrews 12, verse 2. One of my favorite scriptures says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the pain, despising the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There was joy because he knew that through this sacrifice, All would be welcome to come to the Father. And all, the word all. There are a lot of layers and aspects of the word all. And I want to think about three of them today, although you may consider others as well. Jesus died for all our sins. We hear that often, but do we really take that in? It's all our weaknesses, our brokenness, our sin— our struggles, our frailties, our sorrows, all our pain, is washed and wiped away in the eyes of God by the blood of Jesus. There isn't anything we can do that cannot be forgiven and washed by Jesus' sacrifice. It transcends space and time and judgment, past, present, future. Sometimes that's hard for us to believe, but God's word is true. It means all. All humanity, all people, all races, all tongues. No one is excluded, but all are welcome. All are given access to the Holy of Holies, the Father's presence through Jesus' sacrifice. No one is excluded. Every person, our closest family member, and our worst, most despised enemy. All. This is such a radical theology for the Jewish people, who were God's chosen people. Gentiles were restricted to the outer courts of the temple, and this was just a symbol that they were outside the kingdom of God. And even among the Jewish people, there was only one priest who went in every year, once a year, into the Holy of Holies. So now all have access to the Father through Jesus. But it's also a radical thought for us today if we really are honest with ourselves, as we live in a world that's filled with prejudice and bias, self-righteousness, hatred, and judgment. Do we really believe Jesus died for all people, even those who are our enemies, those we despise? Suffering in all our humanity. Jesus allowed himself to embrace every sorrow, every pain and terror we have or will ever experience. When we read John's Gospel, we see Jesus' willingness to take on rejection, humiliation, betrayal, mocking. He experienced excruciating physical pain, but he also faced every emotional and mental suffering we can imagine as Father Mark shared yesterday. He stared down the ultimate temptation. He knew he could call down a host of angels at any time to rescue him, to raise him up as the King of kings. But he chose the Father's will and not his own. Jesus surrendered to his humanity, and thus he understands all the earthly trials we face. And now Jesus, the Word of God, who was with God in the beginning of creation, who made all things, tabernacles and dwells with us, and is our advocate and intercessor before God. Fully human and fully God, Jesus brought all our humanity with him when he was resurrected and ascended to the right hand of God. What a beautiful and tender comfort it is to know that he sits at the right hand of the Father and brings all our humanity to the Triune God, understanding and ever-interceding on our behalf. I recently heard a beautiful song from Porter's Gate, and I want to share just some of the lyrics. In the kingdom of the heavens, no suffering is unknown. Each tear that falls is holy, each breaking heart a throne. There is a song of beauty on every weeping eye, for there is one who loves me. His heart, it breaks with mine, his heart, it breaks with mine. And he beckons and invites us to draw near, to behold his nail scarred hands and the wound in his side. Draw near and come into the Holy of Holies and into his presence. Amen. Amen.